Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. Today, my message, which I'll be preaching, and I'm so excited knowing too well that this very particular message is going to bless somebody's life, and someone would then know too well that I was always a God of a one man. And so this morning, the title of my message is what I've titled, The God of a One Man. And so this morning, I want us to break our Bible. Um, if you have your Bible with you, I want you to open your Bible. Definitely, the scripture will not be displayed on the screen, simply because it was not recorded. This is life, life. If you see me now, this is life, life. And so everything you are seeing, I'm saying it now, and at the same time also I'm doing it now at this moment. And so please and please make sure that you have your pen and your paper. For those of you who want to go back again for you to study that very particular word, please do that. Go back and study it, which is very important. Be like the Bereans. After the message was being preached, the Bible says, and they went back and they sat to see if what the man of God has said was true. Please and please go back and sit down and look from the scriptures and to see if indeed this was true. So please and please make sure that you have your Bible with you and you have your notes as we definitely go de deep down into what God has for us this morning. In the book of Genesis chapter 11 from verse 27 to verse 32, I'll be doing a lot of reading this morning and so you will bear with me because I needed to bring some certain counsel that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me concerning us as the body of Christ and why sometimes we are limited and also trying to see as if we are not opportuned for us to be able to get the same grace we see other people, other nationality, other nations, other tribes, they were able to pull. But because of this message this morning, whatever veil that has hold you down, that veil will be broken in the name of Jesus by the communion table that will be engaged whatever veil that is on you right now that veil will be removed by the power of God in the name of Jesus now let's look at what the Bible is saying this morning the Bible says here in Genesis chapter 11 from verse 27 to verse 32 and also we'll read Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 7 Genesis 11 27 32 Genesis 12 1 to 7 and also we'll read Isaiah chapter 52 verse I mean Isaiah 51 verse 2 which is my cause scripture but let's get down this morning the bible says here in verse 27 of genesis uh, chapter 11 it says here now these are the generation of terror terror begot abraham nahor and haram and haram begot lot and haram died before his father terror in the land of his nativity in all of the chaldeans and abraham and nahor took them wives the name of abraham wives was sarah and the name of nahor wife was milcom the daughter of haram the father of milcom and the father of isakam but Sarai was barren, she had no child, and Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot uh, of his uh, Haran's, his son's sons, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son's Abraham wife, uh, and they went forth with them from the halls of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan, and they took unto Haram and dwelt there. 
and the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haram. Now let's quickly get to the next chapter, which is chapter 11 from verse 1 to verse 7. The Bible says here, he says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee unto Abraham, sorry, Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I'll make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. And, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abraham took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had together, and their souls, the, and, and the soul that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abraham and Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Morah, and Canaanite was in, in, in Canaanite was then in the land. In verse 7 it says, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and the, and, and thee and the Builded he an altar into the house, I mean, unto the house of the Lord who appeared before him. Now, I want to go back to verse, verse 2. The Bible says there in verse 2 of that's in Genesis chapter 12, he says, I will make thee a great nation, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. He says, I will make thee a great nation. Let's quickly jet down to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 51. Let's look at what the Bible says here. Isaiah chapter 51 from verse 1 to verse 3. The Bible says here. It says, Hearken unto me, ye follower after righteousness. And ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock, whence ye hash hewn, and um, to the holes of the pits, whence ye were dead. Look unto Abraham your father. Now this is where my anchor scripture will be taken from. For those of you who followed us, you will see this is a scripture which we put on the post. He said, look unto Abraham your father. And Sarah that bear you, for I call him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. He said, look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone. And that is where the message tied to the God of a one man. He said, for I called him alone, and blessed him, and after being blessed, he was also increased. And in verse 3, the Bible says, he said, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert place like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found daring, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Verse 2 one more time again. It says, look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you, for I call him alone and bless him and increase him. Dearly beloved, I want you to understand something this moment. That this very particular God in which we are serving is the God of a one man. We know too well with the story of Abraham. And this is the thing in which I say to a lot of people who, who seems to want to hear my own opinion and my own thought based on the revelation of Jesus. That the whole Jewish nations and everything in which we are seeing is a prototype of one man yielding to the voice of the Lord. And so out of that very particular one man, which is Abraham, we then begin to see some certain possibility that was routed with this very particular man called Abraham. We get to understand with the story of Abraham there that he was in, in, in chapter 
11 that we read that he was with his family. Abraham was with his family. Before you know what was going on, all of a sudden, Abraham was put out because why? He found favor with God. And I will show you some certain things that make Abraham to find favor with God. It is not because God is not looking to bless people. It is not because God is not, his blessing is not available for everybody. God's blessing is available for everybody. But there are system and structure that God has put for you to be able to take that very particular blessing. He says to Abraham, in blessing I will bless you. And those that curse you will I also curse. Indirectly, anything that fights you, I will fight them. And anything that bless you because of disobedience of understanding that I am a God that can bless you as a one man. And out of you, I will form nation. Abraham began to route some certain possibility that before we know what was going on, the Abraham obedient was what actually what gave birth to the Jewish nation in which we are seeing currently. And so what is it that I want you to understand? That God is not a respecter of person. My dear sisters and brothers, I'll make you to understand something. God is not a respecter of person. He's not a respecter of nationality. He's not a respecter of tribes, of religion. He's a respecter of his principle. If the principle of God is what you take and what you uphold, your nationality and your background has nothing to do when it comes to the counsel of God. We can say in the scripture that Abraham was even from a tribe, according to Bible scholar, the community of where Abraham came out from, they were idol worshiper. These guys, they do not believe in God. These guys, they do not, but Abraham Abraham found some certain things that there is a hand that moved this very particular universe and I need to subscribe to that thing so he begins to change his personality and we begin to see from Abraham that Abraham could study and find the things of God to the point that he was able to hear God when God called him out and says I will bless you God is not a respecter of person see I don't care who has said to you that they are the only privileged one that God has called no for the fact that they are privileged is because they were able to align themselves to some certain things um, to some certain principle of God. The Bible says that the Lord, uh, he honor his word more than his name. If you'll be able to connect to his principle, connect to his lifestyle, connect to the system in which he has created. And I like saying this all the time to people. I say, see, come, let's be honest here. You cannot serve a God in your own time. It's as simple as that. Abraham understand that in my service to God, based on these promises that he has said it, it can't be by my time. It has to be by the times of God. And we can see with that, that even in the company, for example, the company where you are working, do you notice that the company does not even belong to you? And let's even say the company belongs to you. And your staff that are working with you, can you imagine your staffs telling you the time they want to come to the office, the time they want to leave the office, how they want to do the project, how they want to serve you. Do you notice that by the time they begin to say that to you, automatically you don't even need to pray and fast, you don't need to consult the Holy Spirit, you fire them immediately or probably you refuse to employ them. Why? Because you know that this is my business, my times here is what matters. The same thing also applies to God. You cannot want to serve God and serve God in your own times. You cannot want to be able to get the blessings of God and want to do it in your own way. No, there are laid down principles. There are stuff in which um, that I will be unveiling today for you to be able to see that when it comes to this very particular theme, there is a system God has created and for us to be able to take hold and become a nation before you know what is going on, you just have to fall into the plan, the principle and the purpose in which God has marked this very particular kingdom to be. See, let me say this very particular thing. Your high flight in life with God is only dependent on your fully obedience to his principle. And that's the truth. Your high flight in life is solely dependent on you obeying the principle of God. We can see that in the book of Psalm 138 verse 2. He says, when you delight in 
the things of the Lord. When you delight in that very particular, all of a sudden, he will make thy way prosperous. And also we can see that in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. He says that we should, we should hack in and we should take diligence into the things of the Lord. He said, Diarin, which means there must be a delight. There must be ability for you to be able to take hold the commandment of God so that you can be able to pull these very particular mysteries that the Lord has said for you and for me. Family, God is still looking for that very particular man. I don't know who you are today listening to me. God is still looking for that very particular man to be able to route the possibility that he wants to route. Everything you see in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it is just a God who is introducing himself as the God of a one man. Let me just quickly do something this morning so that you can then begin to understand some certain principle. I want you to understand that I know that we're the body of Christ and trust me, I, 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 I allow people to serve God in the way they want to do it. But come, God did not favor the Israelite or the Jewish nation compared to us the believer no paul the apostle make us to understand he said there is neither jew nor greek there is not a giant as nor hidden because now we are now one with god because we are one with the divine all of a sudden every access that god has we now have that access now the thing there with the body of christ is the fact that and i've seen a lot of pastors and hear me a lot of pastors whereby they feel that if they are not in jerusalem if they are not in the jewish community to the point that some people are becoming a jewish rabbi and stuff now that's their own understanding that's their own problem it's not my own cup of tea but i want you to understand that this thing called the god mystery that the god's possibility that the god's miracle it has nothing to do with either you are from the tribe of the jewish nation or from the tribe of the gentiles nation it has everything to do with your obedience to the principle, the plan, and the purpose of God concerning your life. And so we see, for instance, like, our, like the, script, the, the text in which you've just read, that the Jewish nation, before you know what was going on, Abraham obedient. And because of the obedience, God formed a covenant with Abraham. And Abraham subscribed to that very particular thing. Out of one man, the nation that we see now, called the nation of Israel, called the Jewish nation, regardless of how you want to see it, it was born by that very particular single act of obedience of one man. Now imagine if you are awakened and, and remember this. This very particular time that Abraham obeys God, the law, I mean, grace has not been given to man. If Abraham can pull what he pulled to the point that a nation can be born out of Abraham, imagine what you can pull off, that you have the fullness of the Godhead, you have Christ on the inside of you, where all of a sudden the reality of who he is, you begin to enact that very particular possibility. I know too well that you will say, Pastor, what are you saying? See, God does not favor the people in Israel. God's covenant is not only in them. God's covenant is not only in the Jewish community. God's covenant is in everyone that chooses to obey, that chooses to align, that chooses to make themselves available to say yes, yes Lord I'm available for your use, use me to route your possibility, use me to do what you can do, use me to form the nation, use me to change narratives use me to be able to become a world where before you know what is going on, people will become, to, people will begin to ascribe your name based on the nation, I mean based on the things in which you have done, I like saying this as an example just to buttress my point currently now do you know that there is a way that you will be able to open your mind to the possibility dealing with God and apply some certain principle? All of a sudden, the covenant of God upon your life, because he is not a God that would deny his principle and his precept, all of a sudden, the fullness of who God is rests on you. Now becomes to, I mean, start finding a pressure, an expression in you and you get to a particular point. Out of that very particular system, you now become a nation. All of a sudden, somebody see you. Instead of saying the Jewish nation, you 
now become the Kensani nation. You now become the Kanisha nation. You now become the Dalentins nation. You now become, for example, for me as platform, we call the platform world. The, the thing you see called the Jewish nation, it is based on some obedience one man took that changed the whole narrative to the point that even with the body of Christ, we've not recovered from Abraham's obedience. No wonder in the book of Isaiah chapter 51 from verse 2, he said, look unto Abraham, which means he is trying to make you understand that if you can look to this system of oppression, if you can wake up and see this system in which I have put on the table, you can be able to route possibility. He said, ask of me of the nation and I shall give it to you as your inheritance. If you say, ask of me, maybe Abraham made that very particular demand. And all of a sudden, before we know what's going on, one man asked of that very particular possibility. The favor was rested upon his life. And all of a sudden, a nation was born out of him. A people was actually formed out of the obedience of just one man. Imagine what you will pull off in that company by your obedience to the instructions that God is going to put to them. By your obedience and you making yourself available to the mystery, to the possibility, to the great daring that is available in the house tonight. You will be able to rot out possibility. Beloved, I would like to say this this morning here. God does not favor people. God does not favor tribe. God does not favor nation. God only favor principle. As far as your line is in line with his principle, your background has nothing to do with what God wants to rot in your life. Your background has nothing to do with the possibility that God has for you until your mind is open daring to see the provisions of what God has emerged. Trust me, you will constantly be walking around about the circle without you getting into the center of the business that God has emerged for you this moment. What it is that I want you to understand this morning, that all this was just born of Abraham's obedience. Everything that we are seeing, the Jewish nation that we keep talking about, to the point that you will see, because of the system that those guys have structured, based on the obedience of one man, all of a sudden, everybody wants to do business with the Jewish people. Everybody wants to do, an average Christian wants to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because one man made himself available, forced the whole earth to reckon with his God, and before you know what is going on, imagine if you will be able to awaken to that consciousness that I can become a nation. I can become a people of influence. I can become someone that nobody will be able to gain say because why? You have now caught the revelation that God does not favor tribe. Your background may be bad right now. I hear in my spirit, your background may be bad right now. Your background may be rough. All of a sudden, nothing good. Look as if it's coming. My dear sister, my brother, there is a hope with your name on it. There is a blessing with your name on it. There is a possibility that you can put over with your name on it because why god does not favor the fact that you are from a poor background and all of a sudden you won't be see let me just use this as a caveat of a testimony i am a guy who was born from the barrack the place in which i was born trust me nothing good that looks that can come out of that very particular community and until one day i woke up to the understanding and i said to my parents i remember one day i said to my mom i said mom the people who drive plane and the people who live in the other side do they have two heads she said no I said, she asked me why. I said, mommy said, there is something which I'm seeing in the Bible. And the Lord, I remember that day I said it publicly. I said, mama, the Bible says, and the Lord blessed man. The Bible did not say that the Lord blessed a particular certain people. He blessed man. Am I not a man created in the image of likeness of God? He said, yes. He said, then, then this is what my mom says. He said, for as far as you can see it, my son, I have joined my blessing to make it a mandate for you. And trust me, among all my peers in my school, with all due respect and glory to the name of God, because my mentality changed, we all graduated from school, but by divine grace of God and the power that works in my life, all of a sudden, one day I tried to call four of my core friends and I was asking them, what is it that is wrong with you? 
And I was now trying to make them understand that there is a God of a one man that if you can subscribe and change your mindset, remove your thought from this very particular background. Do you see what happened with Abraham? The Bible says, and God took Abraham out of his family. What was he doing? He was taking Abraham out of a system that would want to corrupt his fire. He was taking Abraham out of a system that would want to make him that nothing good can come out of him. He took Abraham from his family. What is a family? It talks about system, talks about structure, talks about a, a mindset that has been programmed down and took Abraham out. But thank God for one thing for Abraham. The Bible says, and Abraham obeyed. Immediately he left. He left because why he understand that if this thing, this man called the God of a one man is saying this morning or saying this moment, my own part for me to play is to take the step of faith and to leave because why I trust his word and I know that he's a man that will never allow his word to fall to the ground. Everywhere we see, there is a man that was appearing to be prosperous and go everywhere with his family. Abraham was just prosperous on every place. Anything Abraham touches, prosper to the point that we can see from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? There are some certain things that Abraham opened his understanding to, to, to I mean, open his mind to understand. And one of the four things in which I put here quickly so that I can then begin to, to drive this thing to a close here. As we go break communion, one of the things in which I put, why God would choose Abraham. See, this is the thing here I, I, I like saying to people. And I remember, I think I was saying it to a particular family that we went to visit of recent. I said, see, God will not route any miracle with you, with your path not being on top, on top of the table. Your path had to be on top of the table. No matter, and this is where the body of Christ, we have now been, been gullible with every nonsense and wave of doctrine that is going on because why? You are looking for your major 22 or your prophet 67 to do for you what you have the capacity to do. You have the capacity to pull it off. Abraham understand that for my taking of this very particular, what's called nation that the Lord is they're talking about, I have to be awakened to the consciousness and take out a step of faith for me to go and to do what I need to do. Abraham stood up. He obeyed immediately. He never allowed anybody. Do you notice something? Funny enough, Abraham did not even consult his wife or his, or his family member. The Bible says he took his wife. Thank God for good women that God has put in our life. He took his wife, took Lot and everyone that let's go because why that is a destiny that i've seen i refuse this very particular place to hold me bound and he's taken a step of faith and he left four things that make abraham the covenant to be upon of abraham's life one was the fact that abraham loved god he loves god so much he loved god to the point that he was willing to do anything to make sure that he is in line with the principle and the plans of god abraham has a heart for god abraham Abraham would do anything to make sure that as far as God's principle and his confidence is concerned, that because I am now awakened to the God of a one man, I did not need majority. I did not need my community to sponsor me. And this is a thing that I want to say to you this morning. I don't know who you are listening to me. That project does not need the fact that you need an approval from one state government on one this thing. Go and engage that thing. The grace of God is upon your life. If you have God backing you, that's all you need. The rest will come together for you. I don't know who needs to hear this word. The Lord says, I should tell you, go and engage. My covenant is resting on you. For as long as the covenant of God and his approval is already backing you concerning that work, my dear, you don't need to be afraid. Abraham did not consult the, the local government chairman of his region. He did not consult the people around his place because why? He understand that as far as my destiny is concerned, as far as this month of September is concerned, that it is up to me to get what I need to get. What is number two again we see with Abraham's life? Abraham, the Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 18 verse 19, he said for he would teach his children the things that in which he was learning. Because why? at that very particular time that God was looking for one man, God was looking for one man with these very particular four things that I'm going to list here. 
The Bible says that in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, that Abraham would teach his children the ways daring in which they need to go. Because why? God was looking for a posterity. God was not looking for a man who would say, it's me, myself, and I. And maybe the reason why the blessings and the spiritual blessings and God's even spiritual physical blessing, you've not been able to route it too well, is because God cannot see us factor, which is him and you. But he's only seeing your selfishness. He's seeing your biases. He's seeing that you cannot even train your children. Because we can say the life that we job. The Bible says, for Job feared the Lord, but we couldn't see the system where Job was able to teach his children. He was helping his children, but he wasn't training his children. It was a two different thing. He was helping his children to like, oh, I know my children will go and commit this very particular crime. Let me perform the sacrifice on their behalf. He was all the time doing it on their behalf, but he never taught them how to stand for themselves. And that's the thing with us as platform. We want you to, we want to train you to be able to pull God yourself, where you don't need your past to Darlington to be there for you. You want to route a miracle in what you call in Mauritius. You sit in your house. Pray your way into Mauritius. Why? Because you have learned of the things that we are teaching you to understand. I can route the possibility myself. Point number three we see. Abraham was a covenant keeper. He was a covenant keeper. He knew too well that as far as God is concerned, this covenant that he's going to bless me with, I would not change my path. I would not change my confession. I would not change my ways. I would stay with it. It is a covenant that has been caught between the divine, between the infinite mind with me, my finite mind. My part is to make sure that I obey. And what was his obedience? It's the fact that I seek the Lord daily to make sure that every part, because we can see with Abraham, one minute the Lord will say to him, Stay here. The next minute, go here. Why? He understood by covenant that as far as God's integrity is upon my life, as a one man, the promise has been made that I will become a nation. He had no clue that the nation will become the Jewish community that we see or the children of Israel that we want to all start ascribing to. But the thing there is the fact that it was just based on an obedience that he took from the council and from the throne room of heaven and he was able to route new possibility. He was a covenant guy. He understood covenant. He understood that as far as the Lord's house is concerned, I am planted in this very particular thing. He was planted in the things of God. He wasn't moved. He did not allow doctrinal come. I mean, what you call doctrinal conversation where somebody will come and tell you that Jesus is a blue man. You quickly go, wee! Somebody come and tell you Jesus is a green man. You're like, yes, he's a green man. Or somebody come and tell you, Jesus smokes pipe. You're like, oh, go deeper. Calm down. Abraham understand that this one in which I know, I stay here. I am not going to move. He stayed in the covenant in which God has made available for him. And so what else again we see with Abraham? He never changes his position. The Bible says that Abraham believed God. He believed God even when things were rough. Can I shock you? And I hear the Holy Spirit want me to pray this very particular one with somebody this morning. Do you notice that when God called Abraham, his wife Sarah was already barren. It was not the fact that I hear people say, no, you see, uh, God is punishing me. God is testing my faith. God is trying to, you see, calm down. When God called Abraham at 75, when he decided to stand up, the wife Sarah was already buried. Because if you read it in Genesis chapter 12, you can see it from that verse 27. The Bible says, for Sarah, his wife, was buried. Why? God is a God whereby your mercies has nothing to do with what he wants to do. I don't care what the doctor has said concerning you this morning. By the power that is going to be on the communion we'll be having this morning. I don't care what the enemy has spoken. As long as your mind is fixed in God, your countenance is open to the possibility therein. I decree right now by the grace of God upon my life and the grace that backs this commission that very particular decay, that mess up is here 
thereby eradicated in the name of Jesus. Whatever the thing is, all of a sudden, imagine if Abraham did not decide to go where the Lord has called him to go and function into. Sarah, I would have still been buried to today. But we thank God for God and we thank God for mercy. And we thank God for the God of a one man. Ah, my dear, I want to say to you, I want you to put your hand on your chest and say this, I serve the God of a one man. <laughs> I serve a God of a one man. See, when your understanding opens, you will not be looking for approval of men to do what God has called you to do. Abraham did not look for anybody. Isaac decided to stay because what we can see with Abraham's system. Because he has taught his son Isaac, Isaac was able to route possibility. Isaac understand that my wife Rebecca is praying. My wife Rebecca cannot be able to bear, um, bear children. The Bible says, and Isaac prayed to the Lord because why? The father Abraham has taught him how to be able. Because the father would have told him, "You are a covenant child. You are a child of promise. Your voice matters in this. You are you carry the image of the covenant in which I caught years ago before you were born. So pray your way for your wife." He opened his mouth and his prayer, and the wife, the Bible says, "For she conceived." And before you know what was going on, she gave birth to two nations. Is it, not, is it not amazing? I just feel like putting this one as a point. Is it not amazing? And that's the why for me when I see people who, who for lack of a better word, I don't, see, I, I am not, a, I'm not, I'm not for abuse. I'm not for, for pain. I'm not for whatever. No. That's why for me, God has called us as Platform Church, as a family of rest. Our business is to make sure that everything in which you do, you find rest in it. But this is the thing here for me. Especially on the place where I see women who maybe out of whatever circumstances chooses to abort the children in which God has given them. No. I know you are listening to me. No. No. You can't. I know that it's a mistake. I know that it was a mistake or maybe it was not your fault or maybe you were raped or whatever. That child you are carrying. Do you notice that when the angel of the Lord appeared to give Rebecca the fullness of what is happening in her womb, the Bible says that the angel said, he said, you are carrying two nations. You are the one that is seeing that child as one. I want you to look at your child today. For those of you who have children, look at your child and begin to see them as a nation. They are nation. And so please and please, I want to encourage you. I know you are looking up probably for you. You are trying to take care of your children and the resources are not there. Open your understanding and begin to see that these children, I have one child, that is a nation. I have two, that's two nations. Imagine if you have four children. Four, before you know what is going on, you will own Nigeria, Ghana, Cameroon, Kenya, four nations joined together. Why? Because you understand. You now serve a God of a one man. What else again do we need to understand um, on these very particular mysteries and those who God has been able to route possibility because I need to show you from the scripture people that God route possibility because why they understand that see it is a matter of me it's a matter of the God of the one man and because of that he's going to pull this off for us. We can see an example of this very particular one was the one Adam. Adam was the one. Do you notice that Adam was the one that God put in the garden of Eden and God was trying to route a possibility of Adam. What was the thing which I put here? I said, Adam, for God for Adam, is God's created plan and this mandate on earth. God decided to use one man called Adam to be able to route the blessings and the mysteries that he wants to do. I tell people, I say, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, these are the pure intentions of God for man. But in chapter 3, man compromises. Chapter 1, if you want to see how to live a life of rest, Look at, focus on Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And if possible, jump down to Romans and sit down and meditate on the scripture. You will begin to see that, ah, no, something somewhere along the line messed up. Adam, at the moment Adam understands that he is a God of a one man, 
Adam was able to pull the, the I, I like using I like using IT IT statement. So you pardon me because I operate in the IT space and entertainment space. Adam pulled the microchip in heaven and download that very particular software into his mind and no wonder he was able to know from his connectivity as a one man he was able to name the goats the animals the things in which we see here the god of a one man adam, do you notice that it was one man adam that's where the blessing the fullness of god rested and because of his understanding of that he was able to name everything god created god created everything named it in the spiritual realm adam could understand because why he is now awakened to the fullness that he that i i am created in the image and likeness of this guy and so if that is the case which means i can be able to pull his possibility before i know what's going on the bible says that adam will go and he will look at at those very particular animals in the sea he looked at this one because he has been able to download the microchips from heaven the microchip is already operating on the inside of him he could look and say no the name of this one is called what you call um nigeria we call it a uh, caterpillar fish no this one is called a shark this one is called a tilapia this one is called alligator because why he was able to pull the god of a one man if Adam can pull that, whereby he was just created in the image and likeness of God, which means the species of God was not even in, inside of him. Who is the species of God? I, I call him the species. The species of God is called the Christ, the man. And yet he can be able to pull that. Imagine what you can pull this morning. You see, this morning message is not a message that you need 10 people to route some certain possibility. But when you get to the understanding that me alone, God can, with me and God, we can pull some certain effect. The people that need to come to the brightness of your rising will come as part time and part season. Adam, we can say in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26. What else again do we need to see? Moses. Moses was a one man that carried the deliverance mandate. The deliverance mandate for the children of Israel that they were locked down in Egypt. The deliverance mandate was upon Moses' life for Moses to pull that thing. And the Bible says, and the Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says, He said, He said, For I have heard the cry of my children. You, Moses, I don't like walking with multitude. I like walking with one who could understand that with me and him, we are majority in the world. He got the mandate of the deliverance of the children of Israel that was in Egypt. That mandate was resting upon the life of Moses. And Moses was able to go into the land of Egypt. And we can we know the story too well. He was able to pull the children, regardless of their trouble, their, their disbelief and everything. But because the mandate was on one man called Moses, Moses was able to pull them, change their thinking pattern, and make sure that they come to enjoy the God of the one man that he has bombed in the wilderness at the burning bush. The God of a one man. What is again we see? We can see that also in the life of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. When Moses died at the mount, we can see that. And the Lord appeared to Joshua and said to Joshua, He says, Come down, my son. As far as the covenant which I have kept with Moses, I continue the covenant with you. Because if I can find one you alone, Joshua, I will be able to route new possibility. Can I shock you? Joshua was part of the guys. When Moses was at the top of the mountain where he was built, having a communication with God, Joshua and the people were there at the valley there. They were making what you call, um, they were making a grieving image, an image that looks like to serve God. But do you notice that God did not look at the frailty and the failure of Joshua? I don't know who you are this morning. You are listening to me. I am here to introduce to you the God of a one man who is interested in working with your mess. He's interested in changing narrative. He wants to make you a testimony. He wants to make sure, see, there are some certain opportunity that has opened for me currently simply because I ascribe to the God of a one man and all of a sudden he's bringing men that is now coming together to join this very particular work and also he's introducing me to men in the corridors of influence because why? I am awakened to the God of a one man. And so based on that we can see with the life of Joshua in 
in Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 3. All of a sudden, the Bible makes us to understand, and it says to you, say, the book of the Lord that had been given to you from Moses, it says, meditate therein. Because if you can stay with this one, all this gra-gra that is happening is none of my business. For you will take the children out. He, he took them out into the promised land. I call Joshua the pathfinder. Joshua carried the mandate of the pathfinder to say, okay, fine, we are here at the middle place, but the people need to get to the promised land. It was Joshua that was there from the place where they come from here to here. Joshua was able to route them from this path to this direction. He was able to create a path, the God of a one man. Who else again, we can see in the book of Esther chapter 2, chapter 5 verse 2. Her name is called Esther. You know, I like the story of Esther so much simply because there was never a time in that very particular passage of the scripture where we could see that Esther had a pastor. We could not see that there was a prophet mentioned in the whole place, but there was an understanding of the, of the children there when they were captured into that very particular system. They know the God of a one man. Thank God for Mordecai. Mordecai makes sure they say, come, there is a God in which we know. Other people might have forgotten this God, but I know the God who can route possibility has just been a one person. And Esther, what's called Mordecai, compelled Esther and said to Esther, Esther, you are sitting in that place for a time as this. God does not need all of us, but he needs you, the one person. You can route a mystery if you can open your mind to think it. And Esther says, thank you for reminding me that I know the God of a one man. And this is what I am here to do this morning. To remind you that there is a God of a one man. That you can close your door. Look your fridge. That is telling you that you are poor. Look your bank account. That is telling you that you cannot buy that house. Look at your woman. That is saying to you, you can't have it. You close your door like Esther. And you pray to the God of a one man. Do you notice that after then, the understanding of how Esther needed to navigate a communication with the king, that grace was rested on her because why? She was awakened to the God of a one man. I decree this morning that as you take mind, as you open your mind to this reality and you take the actions of faith, the step of faith, the God of a one man will be revealed to you this day in the name of Jesus. I decree upon your life, whatever that has stopped you, whatever lies that the devil has whispered into your ear, that has kept you bound. I break that yoke off your life. In the name of Jesus. There is a God of a one man. There is a God of a one man. The God is the one that has routed his son Jesus. To come and die for you. So that you alone can come. Like the book. The Bible, the Bible says the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. He said therefore come boldly. You alone come. So that we can be able to pull mystery. Who else again can we see? Gideon. I call Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 6. From verse 12. Gideon was a fight. Gideon was in one corner. Do you notice the introduction of God? The, what's called the angel? He said, thou mighty man of valor. Man of valor. The angels were seeing a man that has the grace. God of a one man. Gideon was able. When Gideon's identity was revealed to him, no wonder we can see the miraculous in which he wrote in delivering the people from the captivity of the Midian and those who were oppressing them. The God of a one man. What is that very particular thing that the devil has buffeted you? From January to this very particular day, and all of a sudden, this, I'm happy that this message is happening today. You close your door and you begin to rewrite a new possibility. For those of you who joined us for that very particular three days prayer, you are now awakened to the Christ man. You close your door and you say, no, enough is enough. I serve a God of a one man. The one who can look at me and change every narrative. My fault and my shortcomings does not matter when it comes to this very particular God. Another person again which we see, we see the likes of Nehemiah. I call him the repairer. We also see the lives of David. Oh, David for me was a blessing. 
he understand he was alone in the wilderness when he was taking care of his father's business but he bumped the god of a one man no wonder when he went when he had an opportunity of meeting goliath he said to goliath he said i know the god who had delivered me from lion and all those things you this uncircumcised philistine you want to now come and talk to me he was able to his understanding of the god of the one man was so strong he was able to kill Goliath and deliver the reproach that was in this country. There are some of you this morning that you're listening to me. God has embedded in you a responsibility to deliver our continent, to deliver the decaying that we are seeing, to deliver. But you need to be awakened that God does not need multitude. When he can be able to form your mind to think like him, the people will come to the brightness of your rising. And before you know what is going on, the same way David was able to deliver the reproach that was in his nation, that same grace will not become expressional in your life because why? You have now born the God of a one man. Who is again we can see? We can see that in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. His name is called Jesus Christ. Do you notice that the salvation benefit in which we are enjoying here currently on earth? It was not based on the fact that five people died on the cross of Calvary. It was not based on the fact that God looked at the earth and he was like, yo, damn it, there are seven billion people. I need to send seven million to die for these people. No! The intelligence of God was routed on one man called Jesus. And before we know what was going on, when he said it was finished, we are enjoying the rested life. From that one statement he made, God of the one man. The God of a one man. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, that he has now become the express image of the Father. If you want to see how God is, focus your attention on Jesus. All of a sudden, before you know what is going on, you begin to route some certain mysterious possibility. Because why? Jesus has come to remove the veil, to tear the, the blockade that has stopped us, so that we can be able to gain access into the holies of holies. We can be able to get access into the things and the system that operates in the kingdom of God and route that possibility here on earth. There is a God of a one man. Paul also, we can see that in the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 3. Paul, he was a defender of Christ. He understand. Remember when Jesus appeared to Paul when he was on his way to Damascus? One man appeared to him. One man caught the vision. One man made sure that the sustainability grace of the grace message is on ground. Paul was able to pull that. I decide to give you this example because when your eyes is open to the understanding of the God of a one man, you begin to route some mysterious possibility that you don't need multitude for you to be able to prove. God is not looking for you to bring 300 people. He's looking for you to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me anywhere I will go because I know that if you are with me, I'll be able to route possibilities that men will look and say, ha, how did you do this? And also I want you to understand that all this men in which we're talking about, they encounter God in a different dimension and dispensation of their life. We live in a generation where we want to bring in people. We want to bring in all kinds of people, but no. Let's be awakened to a generation at this moment. And I'm thanking God because I am one of the young generation. And so I am saying to my own fellow people who believe that they are young in Christ. When I'm talking about young, young in mindset that I, am, I still have the energy to be able to route new mystery. If Abraham can do it, when the grace was not given to man, imagine what you can pull off. Now that you have the grace of God on the inside of you. Now that you have the fullness of Godhead resting in you bodily. If a nation can perform from Abraham, Imagine what nations can be formed from you. Whereby now you have the better covenant, as it was said in Hebrew, that now we have been given the better covenant, the better one that is better than what Abraham experienced. But the body of Christ, and I pray that with the body of Christ in our dispensation, we will eradicate new mystery and new possibility for God in the name of Jesus. The better covenant has been given to us. The Bible says here in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, 
He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the things that you are dying to get will be added unto you. You see, when you seek God first, he makes you first. And that's the mystery. You seek God first, he makes you first. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God talks about how his domain looks like. And his righteousness talks about the system that operates in his kingdom. You see, when you can seek that very particular two things, everything that you want to, that you are bribing, sleeping with men, trying to, trying to lose your salvation, compromising your faith, going to see a Sangoma after in church on Sunday, when you seek God diligently, all the other things that you are dying to get, we can see that with the lives of these people I've given as an example, they seek God first. All of a sudden, Abraham was blessed in cattiness and goats. His influence spread abroad to the point that, that he was now seen as the father of faith. Whereby, because why righteousness was, was given to him based on his obedience. Imagine what you can do now, knowing too well that you are awakening to the consciousness of who you are in Christ Jesus as a one man. What must I do? Because there must be a what to do. Because no matter how we end this very particular message, there must always be a what to do to be able to route new possibility with God responsibility has been given to you and I, we need to be awakened to that very particular consciousness. Responsibility has been given to us. See, I said it in the earlier message this morning, that God would not do anything without your part in it. He said to, he said to what's it called, to, to, to the man that was, that was crippled, he said, take up your bed and go. If the guy refused to take up his bed, he will be there. If he refused, he will be there. He said to the blind guy, he said, receive your sight. If the guy refused to open his eye, that's his own problem. He said to the ten lepers, he said, go and show yourself to the king. Yet they were still lepers, and yet he still said, go and show yourself to the king. He did not heal them fully before they go. The actions of faith, there is always what to do. And this is one thing in which for us, and by the grace of God, and in which God has given me as a responsibility, teach my people how to do it and make it very simple. What must I do, number one here? Have a heart for God. A heart for God. All the people I mentioned, especially in the book of Isaiah chapter 51 verse 2, we can see he said, look unto Abraham your father and Sarah thy mother. We will look at that lifestyle of that very particular people. We can see that number one thing there is the fact that they have a heart for God. Their heart for God is unwavering. They are not moved by what has happened. Coronavirus or no coronavirus. They are staying in God. Their covenant with their father was not shifting. They know too well that yet he buffeted. Yet the circumstances is healing my body. I am not moved because I know I subscribe to the Bam in Gilead. This will be a testimony. They have a heart for God. Number one, have a heart for God. Have a heart for God. We can see that in the book of Proverbs chapter 23 verse 26. He said, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Can we see your heart delight in the ways of God? See, this is the thing. By the time I was meditating on the scripture this morning, I was saying to God, he said, tell my people that yes, they confess me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. And the body of Christ, this is where we are at the moment. We like quoting the scripture, but can we see the heart for God on that very particular thing? Can God see your heart? See, we are serving a God where you can show us your ways as pastor. You can give us the ways of the church. Where I know this, this, brother is, this brother is born again. Because you see, speaking in tongues is very easy. If it's up, if you, you, you just speak it, or probably you can pray, hit your head on the wall, gow, 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 gow. And somebody like me, Darlington, I'm like, no, that sister, she's powerful in the Lord. But God sees your heart. He sees your heart. He sees your motive. He sees your intent. 
can God be genuinely say that no, my daughter is serving me. My daughter, regardless of whatever that is going to happen to her, she will not compromise. She will stand on the promises which I've made available. A heart for God. Can God find your heart in the things that matters to him? Psalm 37 verse 4. He said, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. Take delight in the Lord. You have to be delightful in the Lord. You, this is not a message this morning. If you can get this one right, you will not need to call any major 59. To come up, you will sit down and write your miracle. You will sit down and write your narrative because why? Your heart for God gives you a mark on this earth. I will repeat it again. Your heart for God is what gives you a mark on this earth. I have seen how by privilege opportunity, people are already reaching out. Man of God, we see what the Lord is doing through your life. Can you come to our nation? And I said to one, I said, it is not yet time. God will tell me where to go because why? My heart for God, he is now making a wish to open for me. To be able to speak to nations and to countries and to continents that are currently listening to me this morning. Because why? A heart for God, it's what gives you a mark, a relevant on this very particular act. We can see that with the life of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We can see that with the life of Jesus Christ. We can see that in the lives of Peter, James, and John, and also the Paul, the apostle. They have the heart for God. No wonder they were able to rot out the miracles in which they were doing. I want you to understand something. That it is your heart that gives you the mark. Your father owns the earth. The book of Psalm chapter 24 verse 1. He said the earth is of the Lord and the fullness. The everything that is in it. Your father owns it. All the cattle on the mountain top. It's all he is requesting for you. To be able to wrap new possibility. When I'm talking about these new possibilities, I'm not talking about possibilities in you being a pastor. No, that you can be in that very particular entertainment industry and yet you cascade that very particular word with the voice and the mystery of God. A heart for God. Your father owns it. If your father owns it, you have access to it. But your access can only be your heart for that thing that your father owns. Your heart for it. Can God seize your heart and say, Lord, if you bless me with this child, like Hannah, I mean like, like Hannah, you bless me with this child, I will make sure that this child will serve you. Heart for God. Lord, if you bless me with these very particular resources, your kingdom will be established on all mountains. A heart for God. Lord, you bless me with this very particular thing because my heart indicts and the matters that concerns you. The body of Christ will not see any reproach. I will sit in parliament and defend the church. A heart for God. See, a heart for God is what you will carry when the government is writing in parliament as a Christian, as a believer currently listening to me and they are saying that the church must not open. Your heart for God will make you stand and say, no, not in my watch. Not in my watch. Trust me, there are, there are Christians sitting in parliament. But yet lockdown happened because their heart was not strong in God. Their heart was not planted in God. They approve and they sign it. Let the thing that gave you access to that parliament, you sign to close the thing up. A heart for God will give you a voice that matters. We can see the heart of God with Daniel. When they said to Daniel, thou shalt not pray, his heart, he opened the window. Me, I would rather pray my way to my grave than sit down and enjoy life because I want to be comfortable. A heart for God. Point number two. What else again must I do? What must I do? Be a covenant child of God. The Bible says, for those that are planted in the house of the Lord. It is not those who are moving around that they are swaying, checking this church, checking this church, checking this church, checking this one. Or maybe for you, you've given up on the things of church. Or you've given, see, I will keep saying this until kingdom come. The church is God's business. It is not a man's business. 
No wonder Jesus says, I am busy doing my father's business. He understands that this is a covenant partnership relationship with me and God. And so because of that, it is God's business. No matter the charlatans that are growing, God is still calling new generation like my kind. There are a lot of David like us that the Lord is picking from different corners and different spaces that God is bringing to him. Because why? No matter how the devil try, no matter how the constitutional try, they will never close God's counsel. Because why? There are some stubborn he goats, for lack of a better word, that, I mean, mountain goats that God is bringing that they are not afraid. Because why? They have already a covenant with the Father. To say, Lord, as far as China is concerned, as far as Nigeria, as far as Kenya, my covenant will not be broken. Your kingdom will be established. A covenant. Can, you, can, can God seize and say, regardless of the slaying of me, I will not compromise. A covenant is what makes that very particular thing is. You say, can God look at you and trust you? In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. You can take your time to read that scripture. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 and 10. Can God look at you and trust you? Can he look at you and say, no, my embodiment of who I am, I can trust this one. The covenant package in which I am trying to do, can I be able to see that in this very particular? Covenant. 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 Can your church see that you are covenant partners with them? I'm not even saying about platform church at the moment because by God's grace and God's mercy, we've just clocked seven months and God is giving us leaps and bounds and is bringing people that will be coming to route the new possibility and to be able to cascade the universe with the mandate of rest on everywhere. But currently now, let's say you're not a member of platform church and you're streaming currently. Can God see a covenant that you can back with your church? Which means the church, I'm not talking about the church, the name, I'm talking about the church, his mystery. The church, the information. Mind you, it is when Peter says, I mean, when Peter said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the Most High God, he said, For this statement you have made, that the, the church, the gate of hell will not be closed. Because why? Your statement has erred a new conversation that will make heaven's mandate be rested on earth. The church is a mystery. Can God see your partnership there? If not so, let's review you again. What else again are we going to say in this very particular place? We can see that you partnering with God is you saying that, Lord, let the kingdom of God be on earth as it is in heaven. We can find that in the book of Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 and 10. Let the kingdom of God, as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. The message of the body of Christ is all about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. I am part of the partaker. I am co-laboring with God because why? It is a co-laboring business. I preached a message the other day. I don't know, two, two Sundays, three Sundays ago. It is called co-laborers. Go and listen to that very particular message for you to understand how to become a covenant partnership and the benefits that come because why? Serving God has benefit. Oh, trust me, it does have benefit. Where your battle become his battle. Your fear become his fear. Your anxiety become his anxiety. They want to touch you because you are a covenant child of God. They fight you. The, the intelligence of God fights those people. Because why? You are now a covenant carrier of God's mystery and mandate. So anything that concerns you concerns God. Covenant. Can God see your covenant? This morning, maybe the Lord is saying to you, it is high time for you to renew your covenant. To stay in the things that matters to him. To stay and to be able to plant your feet on the ground. Covenant. Point number three. What else again must I do? You must believe and trust in his word. You must believe and trust in his word. Romans chapter 4 from verse 16 to verse 18. The Bible says, And Abraham believed God, and it was counted for him as righteousness. He believed God regardless of the circumstances. You want to encounter the God of a one man? You have to believe the fullness of who that God is. If the God says, Go to Timbuktu, that I will be with you. Yes, Lord, I go. 
If the Lord says, go to Soweto and go and establish that very particular company that can employ the people who are currently unemployed in Soweto, yes, Lord, because why? You understand and you believe his word. You know that his word will not fall to the ground without it producing fruit. You are not moved whether the company approve you or whether, what's the name of this company that funds people here? MVS, MVSF for those in media, this, what you call DTI for those in constructions and whatever. You know the company, Gauteng Propeller for those who are looking for business. There's a lot of funding agency. You are not bothered because you know that your supply is coming from the endless source, which is the father who sits in heaven, who his kingdom cannot be voted for, impeached, or probably trying to put in an inquiry, trying to put in an, in an inquiry commission. You're, you believe and you trust in the Lord. John chapter 20 verse 29. He said, blessed are those uh, who, you see, blessed are those who did not see but yet believe. You are not seeing it but yet. Do you notice? You did not see it but the Bible says yet you are blessed. For the fact that you know that, okay, God, you said that my family will be blessed. Sickness will be far from me. You stay on that word. You confess it daily. You trust in the, in the fullness of who he is. Before you know what's going on, you begin to manifest the fullness of who God is. We can also find that also in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. You can take your time to read it. Because when, when you trust and you delight and you stay in God and you believe that though they slay me, yet will I serve him. I don't care what anybody is saying. I am not moved by what the, what the circumstances are saying. If the Lord says that I'm prosperous, so shall it be. If the Lord says that this is my way, so shall it be. If the Lord says that nothing can, shall move me, so shall it be. If the Lord says that I am blessed going out and blessed coming in, so shall it be. If he has said it, that settles it. I am not moved. By what the other circumstances are saying. What is again the world we need to do when it comes to this very particular thing? Point number four. As my final point as I begin to bring this very particular thought to a close. Point number four. Speak and do the word only. Speak and do the word only. See, it is with your heart you believe, but it is with your mouth you make confession. And when you make the confession, you take a corresponding action regarding that very particular confession. And that's the thing that I want to say to you this morning. We can find that also in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, speak the word only. Speak the word only. No matter what is happening. Let me just quickly read that very particular scripture so that we can be able to. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. Father, I thank you because indeed you are the God of a one man. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, Father, thank you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. This is where I miss coming together because if we are together, somebody would have been able to get there before me and read. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. He said, we have been the same spirit according to as it is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. I mean, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore we speak. You believe? Speak the word. You look at your fridge. My fridge, I refuse you to say there is no food in this fridge. You speak the word. You do not look at your circumstances. You are having chest pain. I don't have chest pain. If he took my infirmities, I don't have it. He took it. Why will I be sick anymore? Probably you are looking at your body and the devil is speaking to you and saying you have one nonsense. You see, I remember I was saying a few days ago, I was with a particular family and I was saying, my wife, no doubt I'm very sure. I have a problem remembering the name of sickness. I don't know. And I bless God that I can't remember. I will ask the person, does it have his name? He say yes. Because why? I understand that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every other name bows to it. So you tell me the name as you tell me I forgot in case closed. Because why? I understand that when I speak the word only, that's what matters. You speak the word only. He said, therefore, we also who believe, therefore we should speak. What are you speaking currently? The pandemic has happened so forth. I mean, it is already here. Are you still speaking failure or you're speaking success? The God of a one man. I can show you a prototype of the life of, Moses, the life of um, Abraham, who ended up becoming Abraham. 
Because Abraham has a struggle of speaking the word. The Bible makes us to understand that there was a system of information that was available to Abraham. All of a sudden, his name was now changed from Abraham to Abraham, from Sarai to Sarah. Because why? When people ask her, what is your name? She said, my name is Sarah. Because why? I am a mother of many generations. She was speaking the word constantly. My name is now Sarai. Abraham is Sarah. Abraham. My name is Abraham. I'm a father. They were confessing the reality of what they want to see regardless of the circumstances. The God of a one man will employ you to speak your tomorrow. Ability to see the future and pick what is in the future and route new possibility with it here. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. You can also find that also in the book of Exodus chapter 4 verse 12. He said, now go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what to say. You just need to engage God and he will be with you. He would want to change new possibility. You see my dear sisters and brothers, family of rest, I have brought God counsel for you this morning. But this is a thing here that pertains to those for those who are believers this morning. For those who are saying that, yes, I want to subscribe to the God of, I mean, I want to subscribe to the God of a one man. You want to subscribe to it? That is a mystery that is embedded in the communion this morning. That as we break bread together, as we eat, we are awakening our consciousness and remembering the possibility. Do you notice that that very particular body of Christ and 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 and, and um, and the blood of Jesus that was used as a prototype is to say that diseases cannot stay in your body because while you are waking to the Jesus who is a one man that subscribed to the God of a one man, you are waking to that consciousness and all of a sudden, because of that mystery, your body begins to change. Your thought begins to open. Your mind begins to find rest. And everything that concerns you, you begin to awaken into that very particular consciousness. This morning, I don't know who you are. Maybe you were listening to me and you're saying, Pastor, I want to be able to subscribe to this God of a one man. But I don't know how to go about it. I have heard of this Jesus. Or maybe for you, you have moved, you have shifted your line simply because things happen. We all know the word that things happen. We are all not perfect sitting here. But we are currently now the conduit of grace. And in the grace, we are now beginning to find our perfection in Christ Jesus. You are here this morning and you are listening to me. You don't know Jesus. And you want to give your life to Christ? These things that I'm talking about, the God of a one man, is only available for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who have confessed Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. If you have not done that, my dear sisters and brothers, you are not a particular of it. But if you have given your life to, and you have confessed Jesus, we will come back and break communion and then release the blessing. But in case you don't know Jesus this morning, I want you to pray this prayer after me. And after then, you can go on our website and you can go and say, I just gave my life to Christ today. What else do I need to do? And one of, our, one of our leaders who are currently available will be able to reach out to you and to quickly grow you in the things of God. Let me pray for those who don't know Jesus. Make this confession after me. You say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the salvation benefit. I thank you because you died on the cross of Calvary for my redemption. I confess Jesus with my mouth that he is the Lord. Be the God of my life. Be my savior. I renounce my activities with the world. I denounce my union with the devil. The sin nature in me, it is broken. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your burial. Thank you for your resurrection. I believe in that three mysteries. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've just said that very particular prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. And for those, for those of us at Platform Church, we then say welcome to the family 
of rest. That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.